Hey, are you looking for new and innovative ways to connect with your children? Do you want to learn how to connect with them through hip-hop, social media, and popular culture? Then look no further than my company, The Glad Dad. I'm Dion, a keynote speaker, professional development trainer, and workshop presenter. And I'm also an expert in family engagement. And I want to show you and everyone around you how to use the latest trends to connect with young people on a much deeper level. A level that will truly break down barriers and create change. By working with The Glad Dad, you'll learn how to break through the noise and meet young people where they are to connect with them on their level. You'll discover new ways to communicate, engage, and create meaningful connections that'll last a lifetime. Whether you're a parent, teacher, or youth leader, I want to teach you the strategies that'll help you connect with your kids like never before. From keynote speeches to professional development training, I got you covered. So don't wait any longer. Visit my website, DionChavis.com today to learn more about how I can help you connect with your children through hip-hop, social media, and popular culture. Your kids will thank you for it. That's right, The Glad Dad, helping adults establish positive relationships with young people. Reach out to me today and let's discuss how I can serve you and your staff. Now let's get back to the podcast. Hey, y'all, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Dads in the Class. I am your host, Dion Chavis, the Glad Dad. And of course, this is the podcast where we talk about the importance of fatherhood and family engagement in schools. On this episode, I have a really dope couple that I'm going to have uh, speaking with us about their movement, about some work that they have been putting in uh, just to uplift and empower youth for a very long time. Uh, they have a movement that I've known about probably for at least four or five years now. I'm pretty sure that they've been putting in the work longer than that. Uh, but it's called I Am Brilliant. And I just I, I love that name. Hashtag I Am Brilliant. Uh, they are just a really, really dope couple. They are really dope people that uh, I've connected with in the past. And I just wanted to bring them onto the show to talk about the work that they're doing and talk about uh, their efforts to be sure that we're doing the best we can to make sure that our kids and this next generation has everything that they need to succeed. So I want to welcome Mr. Michael and Shemeca Stewart Isaacs yes, to the sir. show. Hey, y'all, what's happening? Hi. Thank what, you for having us. Thank you. We're honored. Sure. We're definitely excited to talk about this topic. I for sure. So let having the chance to come and be a part of this. I'm definitely looking forward to engaging with your community. For sure. Definitely happy to have y'all here. Y'all are both doing some really, really great work. So let's dive right in uh, with the incept with the inception of I Am Brilliant. Of course, it's a, a, a unique and impactful initiative. Uh, share with us the moment or the experience that uh, led you to create this initiative. So we found each other in community um, years ago. Back in 2015, um, I was very heavy in Southeast Raleigh, more specifically, um, around community engagement. And while working in community, hearing uh, the, the cries and challenges and seeing firsthand what community was facing, what I noticed is that uh, they weren't given the space to you know, really illuminate what's inside of them. And when I was given I Am Brilliant, it was really about what brilliant means and the I am power energy that's in all of us. And so the, by definition, brilliant is illuminous. 
And we all have something inside of us that we're passionate about, that we absolutely believe in, or we are the go-to person for. And I Am Brilliant was a, a catalyst of how we can remind people to reimagine and reamplify their light. And being able to partner this initiative with Michael and his energy, passion, and expertise in marketing, it was really helpful for us to be able to capture it in a way that people can catch on and believe in it. Well, you see right there, um, you know, my that's it. I mean, that was really it. Honestly, Shemekka's energy and her infectious energy. Um, you know, I'm somebody who came from hip hop culture. I've been in marketing for many years and media. And basically, I've worked with a lot of entertainers that I know as much as we like to celebrate them. You know, I started to realize that we were giving attention to people that necessarily weren't going to be the change makers of the world. Mm -hmm. And I always had a thesis in my career is like, what if we put that same energy behind someone that has the kind of passion Shemekka has? And that was kind of the, the relationship spark in working in communities is that I saw her passion for wanting to serve and really help people in communities. I had an entrepreneurial startup kind of know-how in my background. And I just said, hey, I wanted to bet on her and hope that she could. She used to say she wanted to make a difference. She wanted to change the world. And so when it came to I Am Brilliant, I already had some marketing you know, initiatives going um, that felt real like they weren't really resonating with enough people. And I'm all about unity. And so when Shemekka posed to me this concept called I Am Brilliant, it was at a time when we had a radio show called, um, it was at St. Augustine's College. It was called Sunday Stacks. We got a new podcast reboot of that. Um, but Shemekka was able to one day just say, hey, I got this thing called IamBrilliant.org. I want to start an institution. And I was like, well, that's cool. Let me try something with it. <laughs> and that's what turned into this hashtag sign uh, that everyone saw. It started off, honestly, on a piece of paper. Um, we literally just printed out hashtag I am brilliant. Um, we went out and started taking some photos with people who were doing different things that we wanted to track, like a record of sorts of the start of someone's career. So if I go back in my way back machine, I've been in the industry of entertainment for 25 years. And my first contract as a youth entrepreneur in promotions and marketing was with Destiny's Child. And so mm. when I was young, I had that opportunity to watch the growth of this phenomenal group that's turned into so many phenomenal women leaders and empowerment. And I've seen that early spark in so many people. So with I Am Brilliant, it was a way to expound, a way of catalyzing and tracking people's starts. Um, everyone was in the campaign. I see them thriving. We call them the alumni. And we get to now track from a beginning to end when someone started their business, someone had a new child, someone started that weight loss journey. We have all of these pictures that show the progression. Once they hit that brilliant spark and we were able to connect it, we were able to give everyone a position that whether it doesn't matter who you are, your race, your background, um, it started helping us learn new languages in regards to how to deal with people. And even with our children, we got them involved because we're parents and we created something called the Brilliant Bunch where we celebrate our children. So we we just along the way, just with a little bit of guerrilla marketing grassroots. And honestly, our first thing we did on this lady's uh, push is we went to New York and we went to the Today Show and we took the sign and we held it up mm -hmm. high like mm -hmm. everybody does. And they saw us and they came and featured us and gave us a big that. feature. And it was like, wow, you know, um, just a little bit of effort. And that's all we're trying to do is inspire people that a little bit of effort of your light, a little bit of willingness to be the light in a dark place can change your whole family's trajectory. And that's what we just represent. And that's what we try to model with I Am Brilliant. Yeah. Now, your your mission revolves around 
um, recognizing individual distinctiveness. Yes. How has being parents to six kids? Yes. <laughs> My goodness. My goodness. Yeah. How has that influenced and uh, I guess perhaps challenged your perspective on this? Mm. I'll uh, lift this first by saying, you know, when God brought us together, it, we became a blended family and then we had two together. So, you know, oftentimes when you co-parent, you have this, well, that's your fault. Or that's, <laughs> that's your kids, you know, when you get that mm -hmm. thing. Well, yeah, the, the beauty of us having two kids together, we both have to look at ourselves. Mm you know, and see ourselves and our children. And so, and it's 11 year gap between our older kids and our younger yeah. ones. So mm -hmm. how we even had our first round of parenting testing trials, we're learning this 2.0 or right. I guess 5.0. <laughs> different. The is different. They're different. They yeah. built different. I'm telling you, they're different. Yes, yeah, sir. Yes, yeah, sir. And I mean, and having a baby in the pandemic. Right. right. <laughs> that part, you know. Right. I think, this, right. you know, I think that's Shemekha said it so beautifully. And I think that's why we kind of had to create this um, whimsical nature of the brilliant bunch because it was really, uh, honestly, you know, everything we did was not out of anything more than being driven. I guess when people say you're called to something, um, but our children were trying to figure out what we were doing. We were mixing our personal careers and trying to leverage those things towards serving in this path. Like we were giving all of our own money to build this thing up in the beginning, but knowing that the investment was worth it to help others to spotlight and our children were watching this and we never wanted them to feel excluded. So the whole brilliant bunch kind of came from like Jamaica talked about affectionately, we'd like the Brady bunch. You know, I had two daughters, she had two sons and they were all the same ages. So now we have two first year college and then we have two that are um, juniors in uh, high school. Um, hmm. So, we, you know, we had to parent them during the pandemic. They were yeah. four different, you know, there was a lot there. Yeah. But even now with a kid that's in uh, first, first grade three. and then a kid that's mm -hmm. three, you know, we're dealing with all these levels of teaching and having to go back to trigonometry and then also go talk about, you know, college level. ABCs, things right. yeah, all of the above, you know, so mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. been a roller coaster, but it helps, I think, with the range of people we come across with our clientele and our speaking. And the, we get a lot of corporate gigs where we work with organizations to do trainings um, for their staffs. You know, we help people to start to identify what people now like to call superpowers. But we just say what makes you brilliant. I am brilliant. And then help people expound um, that. And it's in a world where a DEI has done what it was supposed to do. And now the world is shifting. And we want to be that position to help people realize that we all do matter. And there is opportunity. But it starts with that brilliant spark. It starts with us identifying on our own here. Not a resume or a job listing. A human being. But who are you? What were you born to be as career? You know, And that's part of what we're starting to see as a trend as a common trend as we really have been able to take this thing globally and see the effects it has even in other countries. Mm -hmm. you, you, you spoke on something and it's a, it's a conversation that I, I can't have with a lot of folks, but I think I can have this conversation with y'all because it seems like we're in similar boats. Uh, my oldest and youngest are 13 years apart. Um, and I, I, I tell people all the time that there, there's a different type of parenting yeah. that you have to do. My daughter is in her second year of college. My son yeah. it just started kindergarten, right? Yeah. Um, and it's funny how you have to parent 
the older ones as they're young adults and it, it turns more into guiding than yeah. um, absolute parenting where what I say is law or, <laughs> you know, you know how we do as parents. Um, yeah. It's more of, it's more of a guiding consultation. I'm giving you right. consultation. <laughs> right, right, right. And I just hope and pray that you listen. All right. So with, with, for y'all with kids on, you know, I call them bookends basically. Yeah. Uh, how yeah. do you cultivate an environment where each child's brilliance shines? Ooh, can can I start that? Yes. One? I, I love that question. That's a that's a brilliant question, and, and there's a lot of context. And I think what it, we've come to adapt, and and honestly, I credit my children um, in regards to their maturity. But a lot of them, in the especially for the younger ones, my daughters, my sons, they're very uh, maternal and paternal in regards to how we try to parent, we give them grounds to teach them. You know, my daughter the other day was teaching my first grader, um, you know, all his advanced uh, multiplications already, where he's only in first grade where that's not normal, right? Mm -hmm. So he's already ahead of the game in regards to what she was teaching him. I, who have a very busy schedule, don't have that time. So just to mm -hmm. see her taking that time and, you know, she exposing them to music and different things. So you start to see the older ones at their mature level start to teach the younger ones and just giving room for that and not fighting it, but allowing for what you maturated in the older ones to start to come out. So then as they're maturing, it's like you start to see the parenting that you've given them apply to them raising the younger siblings. So that's my, you know, little spiel and what I've seen with all of my children and their maturity mm -hmm. and how they stepped up. Um, to help us out as we're trying to build, you know, a yeah. business that's not easy. You yeah. know? <laughs> Definitely. Absolutely. I'll just lift what I was able to glean um, and kind of allowing them getting behind what they believed in and what they're passionate about. So I have two sons that, uh, of course, they're into sports. They both play football. They were great at basketball as well. Um, and then now they have their DJing business. So we mm. brought them up around the work that we do um, and then connected it with the things that they were passionate about. So when my sons were young and I was doing community engagement stuff through the nonprofit organization I was working with um, and leading as well as in ministry, uh, they found their, their niche. They used to have dance uh, competitions and food drives with the things they love to do, which was they love to dance. So they were out in the community with me doing this and normalized the, normalizing this helped them come to a space in their own lives where they could identify what they were passionate about and plug it into community. Now my son is at Central and DJing and going to be DJing homecoming um, events. So so I appreciate that and value that we push education, but we also know the limitations of this educational system. But it also meant we had to be a very intentional partner in the, uh, making sure that the school system knew who we were and that we had expectations just as much as being a co-partner in their learning experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't you know, we hear the phrase um, work life balance a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't believe such a thing exists. I think it's just, I think it's just life, right? Yeah. It's just life. And as a, a, as a part of our lives, we, we work. Um, and I know that as someone, especially as a married couple, you all have a life, right? You have your individual lives. You have your lives as a couple, you have your lives as parents, you have your lives in the work that you do. Are there any any strategies that you can share or that you found that have been particularly effective with 
helping you to keep things um, in order in your life, right? Because again, work-life balance, it, it don't exist for the most part because we, we a lot of us are working at yeah. midnight, two o'clock, yeah. three in the morning. You know what I mean? Right. It's just a, it's a cool yeah, thing for people to say. Right. It's it's, it's all a part of our life. Right. Um, what what strategies, uh, if any, have you found particularly effective to um, kind of just keep these things in order? Can I I just jump out there? I would say for okay. us as a family, especially, you know, so I have to preface this with the relationship. Right. We're both divorcees. So that means we attempted to you know do this before right and mm-hmm. the ironic thing is her ex is a cancer like myself and my ex is a scorpio like herself right so there's already kind of a familiarity that allows us to understand one another and i bring that to reference to i say god first right we pray we pray we ask for that order step guidance every day before we wake up. We are very mindful. If we forget a day, we're not perfect. You know, we'll do it the next day, right? But it's it's a standard consistency for us to ask for direction. And then from that, we meditate, yes. right? So we go meditate. external to the 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 odd of the world, and then we look to the meditation as a way of centering ourselves before we start anything. Now, not to say we don't pick up our phone first thing because I'm getting all the dings and the beeps from my schedules and stuff. But at the same time, I put that aside. I'm very mindful. I haven't meditated yet. I haven't stretched yet. I haven't done the self-care things I need to be effective. You know, I just turned 40 this year and part of my health. Welcome. I'm in the 40 club, you know, thank God. The, the, war- yeah. the warranty ran out yet? The warranty ran out? <laughs> no, it hasn't. So I'm, I'm grateful. Okay, it's on, it's, it's on the way. It's Just, just this, be mindful. It's, it's on the it's, way. It's, it's oh. not in my world. Why? Because I've created a regimen. That's the, that's the difference, right? Part of what I do is motivational speaking. And mm-hmm. I also bring a lot of my family, my culture. You know, my mother's from Sierra Leone. My father's from Jamaica. So we have different cultural ways and how we eat, what we eat, that already would fall into a lot of these healthy categories by themselves but they've i've learned to appreciate them more and apply them and my family will tell you when they get hurt or whatever i'm the first doctor i'm the first you know everything in that regards um to could because of that prayer because of that asking god's way and then also learning along the way and listening to the elders that taught me how to do things and valuing that and then teaching my children the same rewards you get for valuing that so it's the foundational things that seem cliche and sometimes we get these argumentative, you know, spiritual, morality, religion argument. But when you just root yourself, especially in your relationship, you should pray over every relationship, business deals, whatever it may be, because you need to know that you're going in the right direction from something that's always going to resonate with you, not make you sick. And that's what been kind of what is, you know, the success people are seeing from us. We don't we follow our gut, but we follow our prayer energy more so we know that things that don't come in our way aren't for us and we truly are okay with that if it does it's not for us and if things that are for us we walk through all those doors and like Shemekha said if she opens the door what you're going to do i'm taking it off the hinge <laughs> <laughs> you know so that's our balance honestly and that's kind of how we start ourselves to keep ourselves in balance you know, mm-hmm. to your question. And I'll add two more things to that. That'll be quick pointers that people can hold on to is that I teach uh, my uh, leadership um, people balance is fluid. Yeah. So we kind of have this imagination or expectation that balance is equally yin and yang. 
But the true uh, gift of communication when you're in relationship with someone is being flexible. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. there may be times that you'll need balance to be fluid because 80% of one of y'all may be carrying some things, a lot of things. And then there's those times where we need to minimize to 20% to allow the illumination of our partner to be able to manifest. They still need you to hold them. It's not like you're letting them go, but that relationship building, that communication uh, is, is something that's so important when you think about what is helpful. And that was the second point was about the beauty of communicating. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we've done this before. We, <laughs> we're not trying to get to number six and number seven, like one's enough. OK, that was a great substitute teacher. Thank you. <laughs> but now we're going to get it right because we're going to keep this line of communication yes. open. We're going to talk. We're, and when we can't talk, we're going to give ourselves a moment. But we're going to be committed to recenter um, because when we have best friends, we don't go to our best friend and be like, I'm going to divorce you. <laughs> That's not an option. So we take that off the table because we value our friendship. That was our foundation. And that um, helps uh, keep that balance being fluid because there are there is no other option but for us to get through it. Yeah. Well said. Um, Two things that I want to say to add to that. Um, Mike, I. My warranty ran out a couple of years ago, and it's all in my knees. Just oh, FYI. Okay, so I'm holding on the right now. So th- those I'm an athlete, ex-athlete, so, you know, and I skateboarded. So right. I, 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 yeah. I just want to just give you a heads up now. I feel it. I'm going to run out a couple. Might have you a little bit. These, these joints in the morning, they, they, they be a little stiff, you know. They creep. But, trust um, me, I'm still there, too. I get that, too, you know. Well, that's why we stretch in the morning. That's just to get right. out of bed. Right, right, right. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's, That's the key. a fact. Stretching has been the key. I, I, st- stretching and ibuprofen. Lots of ibuprofen. Uh, <laughs> I'm crazy. Y'all. Don't, don't listen to me. I'm just uh, so, so listen. So y'all touched on some very great points in terms of communication that, that leads me into my next question. Because as a married couple, you both, of course, come into this as, as one, as a, as a family unit. But you also, I assume, might sometimes have your individual visions for uh, I am brilliant, um, especially, you know, in, 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 in terms of how things are carried out. How do you all handle it when you are faced with having uh, differences of opinions? Is it just communication or is it just, um, you know, a happy spouse, happy house? Like what is the what is the what is the, what is the dynamic uh, when, when, when things are <laughs> when things are a little bit, you know, on the on the um on opposite ends of the spectrum for y'all well i my confession what now eight years in we don't argue it's like Mm -hmm. argue is a lot of wasted energy that's displaced from some other stuff Mm -hmm. and when you're healing right you may argue because you're still broken and that's a defense mechanism but it's also this secret weapon that is destroying people's ability to communicate. Because remember, communication and arguing could look alike. At some point in the rela- in the relating of English language, for so to speak, um, or French, <laughs> um, there still has to be a value of what's being said. And when a person doesn't feel heard, that's a hurt. When a person doesn't feel appreciated, that's a hurt. And the response to that will vary depending on where you are on your healing journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we're sensitive to that. I yeah. think we God just graced us 
uh, our energies, <laughs> what we think when we think about it through the lens of business is that we're complementary to one another. It's not that we're disagreeable about how we see I am brilliant manifesting. It's what we what God gives us on our individual download still has a way of complementing yeah. uh, the, the bigger vision or it's we're pieces. He, yeah. I have some part of it and he has another part and it complements. Um, but I haven't personally had any experience. But if you were if you were rocking the happy wife life, <laughs> and that's why I haven't felt Man. any of that, I can I appreciate that too. Hey. Thank you. Hey, I'm gonna be real honest. <laughs> I'll take that as a truth. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, I think you know, listen. That's I mean, just listen to her. I mean, that's really it for me. A lot of what I've had to kind of cultivate as a motivational speaker, I've had to motivate myself in moments I've been down. Right. And listening to her, she just gives me a different perspective outside of myself that I'm willing to accept. I think sometimes we want to feel a completeness when we get into a relationship, not realize you should come in a relationship whole. But at the same time, the other person, too, should be whole. And that wholeness should be things that we nurture in one another to learn. And I chose Shemekha as my potential, meaning that not only did we have children together that reflect that potential, but at the same time, she edifies me in things that I haven't been able to ever hear before because of my pedigree and what I came from. And I think, you know, it's not so much a lack of argument more than understanding the importance of argument and communication, just like debates, right? You're never going to see everything the exact same way. But I think the willingness to accept that as a part of the rules versus not wanting the other person to have any opinion or input in what you're doing in your life, especially when you chose to walk with them, is dishonoring the walk. Right. Because one thing I've learned from my past relationships, and that's not just from a divorce, but past relationships, is that people have to learn from one another growing together. If you start going on trips and educating yourself in ways that you're not either your spouse or someone's not curious about or they're not attending these things with you, you can tend to grow apart. And we work really hard, as people can see. And I guess funny enough, when we were just out here really trying to impact communities, I think the love part of our family started to spill into the brand and we didn't that wasn't that was a, a unintentional byproduct of just truly being receptive to one another's emotions. Um, we call it emotional intelligence. That's where your mind is intelligent about the circumstance and the agreement. But at the same time, your heart is allowing itself to go through that temperament of being able to not be comfortable with something new or a new suggestion but giving it a shot because you trusted your potential, right? And for Shemekha, she's my potential in one way and I'm her potential in another way. And I think that respect and that reciprocity of allowing each other, because we do vent, you know, yeah. but then we create off the vent. And I think that's important for any power right. couples out there that are pushing. Yeah. Create, Don't waste that energy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> create within the venting. I think is a great, healthy way. I mean, I'm not even trying to be funny, but you look at the Jay-Z and Beyonce's of the world, you know, they create it through their venting. It's it's a beautiful process whenever you can do so because it doesn't impact the relationship as much anymore. Now you might got something that could have some value to it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the way that I like to think of it um, is that you are, y'all are teammates, right? Whenever yeah. you are in... And in, in, in partnership and in relationship and marriage, y'all are teammates. Y'all on y'all on the same team. Y'all y'all are y'all are pushing towards the same goal. And just like teammates on a football field, if you know the quarterback 
does something that the running back doesn't agree with, the running back isn't going to take his helmet off and smash the quarterback with his helmet, right? right? Exactly. And I think a lot of times in these types of situations, folks forget that they're on the same team. They're fighting towards the same goal. Yeah. But when things don't go the way that they want them to go, they smash their partner upside the head with their words, with yeah. their actions, yeah. with anything that can be harmful as opposed to working together as a team to move forward to the goal of the collective. And I think oftentimes people forget that, but I think you all are a reflection of what uh, true uh, teamwork in marriage and in business obviously looks like. Uh, so I commend you for that. Um, and I want to ask, in, in, in moving back to I'm Brilliant, of course, you know, we, we talk about the importance of community, the importance of connection. How do you all envision uh, I'm Brilliant um, being adopted by schools, especially in terms of father and family engagement? Wow. Well, that's funny. You could say that. So I'm happy, you know, maybe I'll call it an announcement, but I'm in the process of working on getting back into the motivational speaking space um, more consistently. Now, one of my passions that got me even on the path of I Am Brilliant was working in um, working with youth that were troubled, working in prisons, doing those things. And now with the growth of I Am Brilliant, we've been able to take a lot of first the reflective nature of it's not about us. First of all, you know, I think that's the part of why it works. It has nothing to do with us. It's about the people who were activating and waking them up to their potential, to their I mean, even people who are already established celebrities that have been able to be captivated by the question of what makes you brilliant. It's because we've identified that no one is asking people this question in their one human existence. No one's asking this. So part of our adopting to youth and schools is the earlier we get to ask this introspective question, the better it is for the person's development. Because a lot of what you see in me and Shemekka is a product of healing and trying to be healed. And if we can, especially when we talk about mental health and so many other things in our society, if we can work on that self-esteem quotient early by allowing the child to identify their talents and skills versus us telling them what they should be or just cramming information, it could really revolutionize and reform education. And that's part of what we're looking to accomplish is that reform of education and really get things to move in a more deeper way. So, yes. <laughs> so, very well. Oh, you're mute. I'm sorry, I'm muted. I should have known better than that. <laughs> I think that is a great, a great answer. And I'll ask, how has the um how have how how have your efforts been received um by schools when it when it when it comes to getting the messaging of I am brilliant in the schools? How how have schools been uh receiving your messaging? Um, I think for me, um, I think schools, we've really, you know, because we also have to be entrepreneurs and business people. So schools in general have put us in a position to have to, of course, go through the general processes of being a business person. So you have to fill out paperwork, um, whether, it, and it's not just like background checks, it's like, you know, get your business registered and established. Mm -hmm. And when you're a minority, sometimes we, you know, and this is another thing I'm trying to address is that there are things called set asides and other things, uh, minorities, you know, suppliers and those kind of things. You run into a lot of these situational obstacles. What tends to end up happening is, um, you know, they have kind of a, a kind of set up system that 
you know, they want change and they want a better result, but they keep applying the same applications of the past. And we're trying to come in and we have to play all the loops to get there. Um, but it is a lot of like red tape, as people call it, yeah. um, documents and other things that you need to fill. And rightfully so, like I said, background checks, all that stuff is rightfully important when dealing with children. But when it comes to things that have been certified, things that do have credibility it's still a red tape thing and then you run into oh well you're black uh well maybe we'll get you through the diverse supplier thing it's almost as if mm. they can't take you through the normal channels Jeez. something mm -hmm. different has to happen for their quota check off i don't know what it is i'm not making ac accusations to corporate partners that i look to work with i just want them to understand the process is flawed and so part mm -hmm. of that when it even comes to schools and all these other organizations is they're working with antiquated processes for new dynamic young kids. And we do need influencer voices like ourselves to be able to impart. So I feel like when I come into a school and I take my kids to school every day and I get that engagement with the teachers, it's the ability to set a stage for the kid's mind to be open to the learning of the teachers, not to replace mm -hmm. it, not to say, you know, we're a better force is that once this kid now has had an opportunity to express themselves, they won't act out. <laughs> they, they, they're telling you right now what it is that thrills them. Telling, they're almost telling you what job they want in the future of sorts when they tell you what makes them brilliant or what entrepreneurial endeavor they can take on. And we ignore that because we're so caught up in having to cram certain information in their mind based on state statutes and, you know, uh, com, you know, com cores and, you know, so many rules. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to look at that. But of course, we know the divisiveness is there in our legislature. So it's a deeper issue to be able to serve the medicine, but we're hoping to untangle that while we're at the same time knocking on the doors respectfully, trying to get into more schools. But corporate spaces tend to be it. And then when we deal with kids, we deal in community. The yeah. community brings us to the kids more than the schools and most truth. So and I would also lift up too when we think about our school partnerships, it's an opportunity for the adults to get this because this medicine is yes, it's an impartation into the youthful generation. Um, but this question is for everybody. Yeah. Um, no matter how Nikki Giovanni answered this question, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? So this question is for everyone. And uh when we've had situations where we've had administration uh administrative members convene and experience I am brilliant, this inspired them, you know. So for us, we've seen it also get make it into the classroom. Under other umbrellas, yeah. you know, what's your superpower? Yes. You know, what makes you great? You know, um, you are remarkable. All of these other things that I believe wholeheartedly has been inspired by this initiative. So though I am brilliant, may not be licensed partnering with the schools. We have had opportunities to still take the doors off the hinges mm -hmm. because this message is so significant and important from the front desk to the janitor, to the, the child Everyone. and the lunch line lady. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and as you look ahead, where do you see I am brilliant in the next five years, especially when we see the landscape of uh, education kind of changing. Uh, where do you see the organization and the movement going in the next five years? Um, I think that's a phenomenal question. And we like to think in those types of multiples. So, you know, in our current standpoint, we're going into a new year and we're already 
putting down the train tracks for next year right now. Right. So mm -hmm. this year's in the, in the books. Right. We've done what mm -hmm. we set out to do. It was a very successful year, but we're also dealing in a very difficult economy. Mm -hmm. And I think the current economy, like I'm an economics person when it comes to my entrepreneurship, I have a platform called Entrepreganda. And I try to expound on economic concepts because I think sometimes it's not translated to our community. So we just think get the money and that's it. That's the only thing you got to do get the house, get the car, you know, but we're not really versed in different types of incomes. We're not versed in understanding interest rates. We're not versed mm -hmm. in those things. And so part of what I see the educational system in America's reform needs to be in the next few years that I want to help with I Am Brilliant to lead as we're building out more of the foundation of what we're building is to see financial literacy and the understanding of how to foster innovative leaders that know how to both create and position people in a way that everyone can thrive and prosper with great ideas, with great efforts and productivity, because you know that's really gonna be the, the crux with AI, right? I think the whole point mm -hmm. Shemekha made earlier, she uses the word illumination when it comes to I Am Brilliant, because she comes from a community standpoint. I say that and I love it, but I come from an entrepreneurial background, a go get it businessman with a track record. And so what I say to people is people need a reboot. Right. And there's a reboot happening both in education, in the financial system, financial system, one ain't waiting on nobody. It's rebooting mm -hmm. as we speak, but mm -hmm. it's going to affect the kickbacks. And I've already seen that in some client meetings and stuff the budgets, right? Because when we have trillion dollar debts, the way we do, we have all these different things. There's no easy money coming down the pipeline anymore to fund a lot of programs. And these are all strategic budgets. When you really get into the minutia of it all, I Am Brilliant is trying to shine on people and communities and find these bright spots, but we're also trying to find the person who's gonna have the next big, huge solution mm -hmm. that is gonna help change it all but first, people have to really understand what needs to reform and change on so many levels. And shout out to reform, like those types of programs out there. But we want to be engaged across the board and what it's really going to take to needle all the effort. I guess that's what it is. We've seen people silos. Shemekha say we've seen their kitchens and we understand the parts that are holding up the lag. We understand the bureaucratic policy that have caused the, the help that we all need and desperately want it to happen, why it's slow and why it doesn't move the way you think it should move, mm -hmm. right? We understand the, the limitations of money, let's say that, right? But one thing I know from my community and with I Am Brilliant, we know the power and the impact of value. And so we help people find the greatest value, not in the dollars they're capable of making, but within themselves. Within themselves. And then the dollars will follow you and we're changing that mindset across the board for everyone who brings us out. They're shocked. They not expected to hit with profound pros that are original because so many people are used to the cliches. So many people are used to what they saw on the TED talk or something like that leading the day or what book you read this time. <laughs> right. But we're thought leaders. Yeah. So there's a constant original comprehension and it's a way of us giving this energy to other people to create that thought background and really want to change. And I'm saying this all because I want to shout out October, you know, it's a, you know, anniversary to Occupy. I was a part of the Occupy Wall Street movement out of New York. Mm. And so I come from that. Right. And that was after being someone who loves capitalism and studied the markets and had a banker's background, had a media background. So I was on the other side of what that seems like is about. But I brought a balance to your point again about that word to the perspective so there's communication 
can always be fostered amongst people because we're not going to agitate our way to fixing these things. We have to understand mm -hmm. the legalis. We have to understand how it's connected. We have to understand the missing pieces. And that's a lot of what we've been able to do as an organization is with the photos, with the pictures, with the different relationships we're building, we're able to bring silos together that weren't talking before, still thinking there's a problem. And we're saying, no, 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 there's a lot of solution leaders out there. Mm -hmm. And they're they're here, they're in this part of Chicago and they're, they're in this place here. They're doing these mm -hmm. great things here. So don't give me the narrative that nothing's happening because I am brilliant will disprove that. And we can get on the phone and on our Rolodex and call somebody right now to show you that there's great bright spots everywhere where people say there's only darkness. Yeah. So in five years long, in short, we'll still be doing this. Yeah, this is <laughs> like, it. This is it. We blessed. We'll be lifting this as well as creating pathways for other community champions to amplify their brilliance, whether it's through entrepreneurship, whether it's through building capacity and growing their leadership development. Um, we really focus on family, community, and company. So creating those avenues where networking and education yeah. and entertainment can happen. That's our blend. That's our jam. Uh, we're there and we're in partnership. So whether it's yeah. showing up in community or hosting the community events ourselves, uh, we'll still be on this. Two years into that five years, we'll yeah. be hitting 10 years. Um, yes. So uh, we're excited about that and what's going to um, be unfolding in that capacity as well. Yes. So we're excited. And we thank all the alumni, everyone who took a moment to take a photo, yes. to be a part of something bigger than yourself, because it's bigger than us, mm -hmm. too. And that's the blessing of it. This is a impact movement that was about impact leaders. It, you know, it was a way to say, let's clear the befuddle. Let's let's get past generationalism. Let's get past, you know, social media misses like we, we wanted to connect. We wanted to find a way to connect everything people say that couldn't be connected couldn't be blended, couldn't cross talk across the lines, um, especially in times that we're in today. We want to be able to create a, a, a place where people can communicate ideas and who they are without feeling like they can't or it interferes with someone else's existence. And that's what we've been mm -hmm. able to foster with I Am Brilliant is safe space for people to recharge, renew, reflect, have new thoughts, but at the same time, be able to feel a safe space where you expressing who you are is valid and in any way it comes out and that place that you were able to express that talent or that gift we say that's where your leadership begins mike you said something earlier that reminded me of something that the great uh poet sean carter once said <laughs> uh when he said you know he said something to the effect of as a people a lot of times we know the cost of everything but know the value of nothing mm. and i think a lot of times we focused on uh, what something cost, mm -hmm. right? And not necessarily what the value mm -hmm. of said thing yeah. is. And I think it's important that, you know, as, as, as black folks, um, we look at the value of things like I am brilliant. We look at the value of things like getting our kids involved in STEM programs. We look at the value of um, going above and beyond and being engaged in our kids' education. So I think that's important. Um, and that, you know, I got that from a piece that you mentioned. So um, I know y'all got six kids to, to, to tend to, so I'm not going to hold y'all much longer. I'm going to, well, at least, well, four kids at the house, six, two kids <laughs> right, at the house. Um, uh, and I know that youngest one is probably giving y'all a run for your money. So I know. I oh, yeah, for sure. But we 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 grateful. We have a wonderful mother-in-law and my mother-in-law right. that I love dearly. So she definitely right. helps us. And that's what it is. It's family, right? 
I think yeah. if people looked at this as a family business, well, you too can have a family business and build it right. And, and be engaged in community. Mm -hmm. You know, when we had this opportunity to be featured in the New York Times during the pandemic, they wanted to know what uh, we were doing with our Biden books. It was a priority for us to step to the plate. We're absolutely what was it? We were the largest family featured, the only black family, black mom, dad, black children featured. And we stood in position to really get naked. They yeah. saw our, our, where our income, we had to show receipts, literally. <laughs> right, literally, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we wanted to be able to have that moment in time, that timestamp to show what's possible. Yeah. Not that we're perfect or we're better, but no, we're struggling. We got sick. No excuse. We go team. No excuses. <laughs> no excuses. <laughs> Here's an example of somebody that did. I'm, we're not an anomaly. Yeah. We're not. Don't put us on that pedestal. That's yeah. why I take the door mm -hmm. off the hinges because if if I can do it, you could too, yeah. or you could do something like it. Whatever that'll look like for you. Yes. So finding that space and finding that lane uh, to to get naked, mm -hmm. get to your real self, and then be ready and committed to to align and go to that next existence. I think it's so important. And thank you for having mm -hmm. this platform for us to be able to uh, have this investment into families that mm -hmm. are showing up, that are in the classroom. Mm -hmm are going to the parent teacher meetings like hey we see you thank you for your commitment and thank you for being part of the shifting the narrative so that you could show the world better than we could tell them about how brilliant yeah. we all are there we go yeah if if there's one message one takeaway for educators for families um from i am brilliant in a few short words tell me what would you want that to be being yourself is enough but once you understand who you are, then it's your job to be even more. You know, wow. I think what we're trying to do is get people into their full level of capacity. I, I speak a lot, not as someone from a religious cloth, but somebody that understands the value of something like the Bible, particularly. I love the, the parable of the talents. Right. And the quick version is basically, you know, the master gave someone five, gave the other one two and the other one one. And the one that had five came back with 10. The person who had the two came back with four. And the one said, no, I, I protected it. I buried it. And then the person was shunned for the fact that they didn't try to multiply once they knew they had a certain talent. So that's mm -hmm. to anyone. I see it in NBA players who go from playing ball to trying to become entrepreneurs. I see it into so many different layups. If you get one talent that opens doors for you. You know, not only is it your job, like Shemekha said, to leave the hinges off of the next ones. We see that in the gymnasts. We see that. And so once we get exposed to the tennis stars, there's something now we're seeing in financial literacy. We're seeing in community development. We're seeing a new way. And we're challenging the establishment respect. I call it graciously aggressive. Being able to go out here and challenge the establishment at the same time while having to play within the rules. Right. So we're not rule breakers, but we're rule makers. And that's mm -hmm. what I Am Brilliant is about, is how do you set that, um, reconstitute yourself. How about that? Reconstitute mm -hmm. yourself. Give yourself oh your own personal constitution mm -hmm. and morals and values that you stand by. And what that states and what that standard is, live by it and watch how the, the universe, God, opens up so many doors for you because that is the key. Your story told well and you dealing with your stuff gives you all the access you need to thrive and grow. So. Oh, that's so good. Mm. Yeah. That was good. That was good. That was good. Shemeka, what you got? Anything? <laughs> that I mean, was I mean, that's, hard, that's, that's hard to follow up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You know, if there be anything, if you are uh, serving our community in an administrative or teacher position, first of all, thank you for your service. And I just want to remind you, if there be anything that you can take in that inspire and spark your class to be transformational is remembering that you are an abundance within yourself and use what's in your hands, your system, your the, the culture of in the schools, they'll tell you things from a scarcity mindset. We don't have enough. We can't do that. We're limited. That's not we didn't account for that. But I, I challenge you and implore you, if you want to see a transformation in your classroom, find your light within yourself. Remember your why, why you're there and use what's in your hands. You are limitless, regardless of the ecosystems or institutions that you are partnering with. Do not be bogged down or feel oppressed in your space without remembering who you are. Remembering you have everything you need inside of you and you have the power to transform the environment, even if it's an environment of relationship with your one on one with your student. Mm. Mm. That's good. I think that is a perfect way to uh, end this conversation or to put a uh, exclamation point on this conversation. I think that is a brilliant uh, statement by both of you. I, I thank you all for joining us on this episode of Dads in the Class. It has been a pleasure to uh, share this space with y'all. I've learned so much just from our brief time together today. Looking forward to to to, to doing some dope things with you all, hopefully in the future yeah, and connecting with y'all going forward. Um, and just thank you. So if you are listening to this episode of the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe. Uh, don't forget you can find us on YouTube, all podcast platforms. Be sure to share it with somebody who you think can benefit from it. Leave us a comment, show us some love and um, We'll catch you all on the next episode of Dads in the Class. Uh, Shemeka and Michael, I appreciate y'all. You are definitely both brilliant individuals, and thank you all for the work that you all are doing with hashtag I am brilliant. We'll see you on the next episode, y'all. Peace. Thank you. Hey, are you looking for new and innovative ways to connect with your children? Do you want to learn how to connect with them through hip-hop, social media, and popular culture? Then look no further than my company, The Glad Dad. I'm Dion a keynote speaker, professional development trainer, and workshop presenter. And I'm also an expert in family engagement. And I want to show you and everyone around you how to use the latest trends to connect with young people on a much deeper level, a level that will truly break down barriers and create change. By working with The Glad Dad, you'll learn how to break through the noise and meet young people where they are to connect with them on their level. You'll discover new ways to communicate, engage, and create meaningful connections that'll last a lifetime. Whether you're a parent, teacher, or youth leader, I want to teach you the strategies that will help you connect with your kids like never before. From keynote speeches to professional development training, I got you covered. So don't wait any longer. Visit my website, DionChavis.com today to learn more about how I can help you connect with your children through hip-hop, social media, and popular culture. Your kids will thank you for it. That's right, the glad dad. Helping adults establish positive relationships with young people. Reach out to me today and let's discuss how I can serve you and your staff. Now let's get back to the podcast.